Nathan Smith is a 25-year-old PhD student at Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute studying biochemistry and writing poetry to stay sane. He has been writing since he was 16, growing up in the Appalachian Mountains in Pennsylvania. These days, he has been published in literary magazines, Bailey's Beads, and Renaissance, and received first place awards in the Talking Without Borders Poetry Competition and the McKinney Writing Contest for Poetry. He published his first anthology, Cotton Candy Sun, in December, and hopes to publish more of his work in the future. Nathan is one of the featured poets at the Hudson Valley Writers Guild Year in Review Reading at Mocha Lisa's Cafe in Clifton Park on December 2nd, 2023. This is my book, Tom Candy Sun. Um, I brought some over there. Um, but uh, there's like a bunch of different things in here. I kind of write a lot all over the place, you know, relationship. Um, I study Alzheimer's and my grandmother had Alzheimer's, so I write about that a lot. Um, I talk about being LGBT. Uh, but this one is a poem I wrote for a lost love. Um, it's called Nameless Poem. I wish there was a collection of words I could say to you. A phrase to stop the clock from ticking in the dark. To bring back the lights if only for a moment. To cast away the darkness so that I may see your face one more time. There are so many nameless poems still trapped inside this head. Your name tightly wrapped around each one. Woven through the fabric of language itself as if all I know how to speak is you but they will never be spoken. They will never be released from the captive of my skull. They cannot be. They know the consequences all too well as they know the price to be paid. So I garden. I sift through the fields of my memory, picking weeds that used to be my love for you and tossing them to the wind like dandelions, exactly how you taught me. Making forgetting me seem all too easy, like forgetting me was an art you've been practicing since you first learned to talk. But I am still just a student. I may never learn all that I have forgotten. I may never forgive what you've forgotten. And this is not the end we wanted, but here we are. Another nameless poem that once had a name, perhaps it was yours, but maybe it wasn't. Did you erase the name from your worn out love poems? Or did someone teach you a new one? My name does not bow down to erasers, nor does it surrender to being covered over. My name means a gift. So it's not my fault if you were ungrateful. My mother granted me the gall the day she opened my eyes so when my name shines through the paint when I become all the writings on the wall, when all other names come crashing down to reveal mine, remember that you brought this on yourself. And when you miss me, miss the taste of my name on your lips, remember that you are a nameless poem in my mind, and you wrote it that way. But, um, so I know we were talking earlier about form. Um, I wrote my first ever like poem in a form um, like a month ago, or even not even, like a few weeks ago. Um, and because of Dee Collin, who you may or may not know, I love oh, Dee Collin, uh, but she writes this poem that's called Aglosa, and it takes a quatrain, a well-known quatrain. She uses one from Maya Angelou, I use one from Robert Frost. Um, basically, a quatrain is four lines uh, that rhyme, and um, you make it into a poem where you have four stanzas, each stanza is ten lines, and the last line of every stanza is one of the lines from the quatrain. Uh, and so I picked uh, Robert Frost's poem um, that goes, whose woods these are, I think I know. His house is in the village, though. He will not see me stopping here. So watch his woods fill up the snow. It's a cute little quatrain. Um, I made it into a gay poem. Um, so that's what I will be reading. <laughs> but here we go. I do not visit Pennsylvania much anymore, or the forests I once called home to wander through these trees at night and see them sway in pale moonlight. 
I can't hold his hand like we once did, or curl, curl up in his trough where we once hid. I can't kiss his lips or hold him tight, though I can dream of him every night. I can breathe the air in twilight's glow, whose woods these are, I think I know. The boy with eyes in ocean blue, who'd stay with me till one or two. I miss his laugh and I miss his joy. I can't believe how much I've missed that boy. I've missed him since we went apart, and most of all, I miss his heart. But he's not here, not in his glen, or all the places we would have been. He's not anywhere we used to know. His house is in the village, though. I might drive past his house at dawn and see the frost across his lawn. Roll down my window to feel the breeze, to chill my bones and watch me freeze. I will not stop to call his name, for what we had won't be the same. Instead, I'll drive to the stop and go and write his name into the snow. I'll buy some salt and a case of beer. He will not see me stopping here. I'll start the car back up the hill, past baseball fields and a paper mill, past garden gates and endless trees and the bridge where he said he loved me. And when I reach my parents' house, I'll stop. I'll cry so much they'll need a mop. It hurts to know he's really gone, that I'm still here, but he's moved on. I'll grab the beer and walk alone to watch his woods fill up with snow. Um, this is a poem that I read on one of the first open mics I ever did in Troy. Um, and I kind of led to the book because someone reached out to me about wanting to publish a book. So it means a lot to me, um, but it's called Shepherd's Story. Today I realized the word shepherd is one E away from a sheep herd which isn't enough to write a poem about, but was enough to make me not kill myself today. Was enough to make my mind wander down the hallways of the English language. How seer is one W away from swear, and how you swore we would always be a part of each other's lives, and how those memories still burn. How dad is one E away from dead, and how I used to wish mine was. How mine used to wish I was, and how to me, he already is. Or perhaps how nose is one O away from noose and how I can still smell the cigarettes on your breath that you couldn't live without. How live is one R away from liver, and how mine still hasn't recovered from the nights I drank to forget you. And how I am one letter away from nothing, one word away from endlessness, or brokenness, or death, but enough about words, or about letters, it will only remind me of the ones I burned, or the ones that I wrote to you. And there are ones I am still writing to the me who will someday be able to breathe again. But I came here to talk about sheep, or how they move with the breeze like dandelion seeds, gently riding the flow of time without worry. You see, I wish I was a sheep sometimes. Their soft, woolly coats protecting from harm. That way they never have to worry about things like student loans, or you. And they'll use it like an insult. Call you a sheep when you're doing what's right, or when you're doing what's wrong, or even when you're just following the law. What they mean is the herd. The group mentality that is just believing what they've heard, like how an A is the only difference between the two, or that what you believe is always right no matter what it is you believe, and I believe I was a mistake. But you know the word individual has three I's in it, but a mistake has one too. And a mistake begins and ends with me, so perhaps that's what I am, a mistake or a sheep. They told me at church that Jesus was my shepherd, but never mentioned their intentions or plans to sacrifice my body on their altar, to use my blood and paint their doorways so the Lord knows who cut me down, until the wounds finally win, and I suppose that's where they get the term scapegoat, to pile your sins on my back, to held, be held within my wool or my soul, and then call me a slur, and then call me an abomination or a sinner or whatever you need to say to forget the weight of your own wretched guilt, and then call me saved. But if I've always been the sheep, then I guess that makes you the wolf. And if you ever feel guilty for the pain that you caused me, or all the tears that I cried for you, then I hope it does not keep you up at night. And if you lie in bed thinking of the letters I wrote for you, or all the words we said to one another and wonder what you could have done to save us, 
then try counting sheep. Tonight, I will write a happy poem. A poem about how I survived the day. Or maybe about the day that I have intended to survive tomorrow. Or the good memories. The ones I use as explanations for why I deserve the others. I am writing a happy poem to myself because I deserve it. Because I earned it. Because the last time I wrote a happy poem was about you. And I cannot accept that. So let this poem be about healing. And growth. And about not holding grudges anymore. I deserve it. Because I went to work today. Because I met with my friends today. Because I read my soul in front of an audience of strangers and I did not cry. I did not trip or fall or falter or give up halfway through. I finished my poem with shaky legs and wobbly arms, but I'm still here with rapid breath and sweaty palms and I still did it. And I'll do it again and again and again or however long it takes me to stop being angry at myself for loving you. And maybe even after that, and I'm not really sure if I do love you anymore. And sometimes I forget about you, or how I loved you, or how I still miss your touch regardless, but there are still days where a song, or a quote, or a phrase will remind, remind me of all the things we once were, and all the things we could have become together. But this isn't a sad poem, or a breakup poem. Those have already been written. This is a happy poem about how I made it, about how some wreckage can be pieced together back again pieced together again on solid ground, and they should be, and how it's okay to cry while reading your own poems, how they would want you to, even the happy ones, and how I no longer let my insecurities speak for me, no longer let the wind blowing through my hair be my voice, and this is a happy poem because I survived every journey that it took to arrive here today, at this place. I am alive, and that is something worth writing about. For Hudson Mohawk Magazine, I'm Tom Francis.